Welcome to the fourth episode of the Wilfrid Laurier University Association for Music Creators podcast. AMC is an organization that facilitates events, socials, and performance opportunities for student composers, songwriters, improvisers, and anyone else that creates new music at Laurier. Check our Instagram and Facebook to stay up to date on what we're doing. In this podcast, we talk to the music creators of Laurier about their music, careers, and anything else that comes up. This episode is hosted by Hannah Bailey and Megan Harton. Today's guest is Danny Christina. Welcome to the AMC podcast. We usually let uh, the guests introduce themselves first. So Danny, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Danny Christina. Um, I'm a singer-songwriter from Mississauga, Ontario, but I go to school at Laurier. I'm in the IMA program. I'm in third year and I've written over 600 songs. That's a catalog. Wow. That's impressive. (laughs) I know. Yeah, I've been writing for a really long time. So it's kind of, you know, some of them are a little bit young i'd say i started when i was five but um by now i think i've kind of got a style yeah and they still count so that's true yeah that is true that's why i always like lead with that yeah like you don't want to hear the first few but i still wrote them (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean if you didn't write them then you wouldn't be um like where you are today i guess you know yeah that's true you have to start somewhere (laughs) for sure yeah (laughs) just even going into that like what was your musical life like before laurier yeah so um i took classical piano for 15 years uh i did a lot of that rcm kind of thing did all my exams that was a lot of fun and i think it was a good basis for kind of my theory knowledge and even just my knowledge of harmony and stuff like that it really helped kind of make my songs more interesting as i got older Uh, i also did classical voice for three or four years I realized that wasn't really my thing, but I definitely value that training, and I think it's really helped with my vocal development. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's nice to have, like, a, yeah, the classical background to know about it, but then to, like, expand and do your own stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm grateful for that, um, but I'm also grateful that I'm done that, if that makes sense. Like, I'm taking that with me, but I'm also really open to learning new things, and that's what I find really exciting. Yeah. Um, So what sparked your interest in creating your own music? Yeah, so this is kind of a a funny one. Um, When I was taking piano lessons, I just started. I was like five years old and I was sitting on like the carpet of my piano teacher's studio because I don't know, I guess that's what five-year-olds do. And she was hosting this composition competition, which I had never heard the word composition in my life. So I was like, oh, what's that? And she just told me it's basically when you write this song. So I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. So I ended up writing uh, this really abstract instrumental piano piece called Thunder and Rain. Um, And I actually ended up winning her competition (laughs) at five, which was really cool. That's like my biggest accomplishment. Um, And then after that, I just wanted to kind of keep making stuff. I found that really, really fun. And I was definitely encouraged by that award. And then I tried adding lyrics and it kind of evolved into what I'm doing right now. That's super cool. I I had a similar thing. My piano teacher was like, oh, we've got this composition like festival happening. Like, do you want to write something? And I was like, oh, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, weirdly, I have like a similar story to that as well, where like when I was really young, I wrote a piece, I think it was called like Tigers or something. <laughs> and it also won like the competition. When I was like six or something. <laughs> so it's very funny that like such a common backstory, I guess. Yeah. So you're in third year IMA. Yes. Uh, what do you think has been your biggest learning experience from Laurier so far? Or something that you're going to take away from your Laurier experience that you'll like never let go of? I'd say definitely it's rooted in electronic music and improvisation. I'd like never experimented with that before. And I'm actually known for being really not tech savvy. 
Like, I don't really know how to use my phone most days, which is really embarrassing. <laughs> but I found that that was really helpful because I had all these kind of creative tools at my fingertips and it was mobile. So I didn't have to, like, carry my grand piano around. I could just kind of sit down with my MIDI keyboard and create something, which was really cool. And then the improvisational aspect, like, I was used to RCM. You get the score, you play it, you sing it you're good, you're done. But with improvisation, there's just so much space to be free and you don't have to rely on like this structure. You can just kind of do whatever really and it usually sounds pretty good. So just kind of being more free, I guess. I find that like the improvisational aspect at Laurier is like helped me a lot too with like learning how to compose, I guess. It just like really added to like, now I guess most of my compositions to me feel like very based in like my own improvisation and so it's very yeah it's very interesting that something so like fluid and not like rule-based can help you so much in something like that yeah for sure I, I find that too I've, I'm like starting to write songs now just kind of going for it I started mm -hmm. doing like this like impromptu songwriting at live shows where um like the band just plays chords and I'm like okay here we go guys no one's ever heard this before and I just kind of go for it that's um so, cool. so that, that's a cool takeaway I gotta say that's a lot of people like that and mm -hmm. I really like it too because it's kind of like I'm nervous but in a different way I'm not nervous that I'm gonna forget something I'm nervous that I won't create something that they'll like if that makes sense mm. yeah that's really interesting I've never heard of someone that's done that before so that's really cool <laughs> I was gonna say like isn't you can correct me if I'm wrong but isn't improv and like uh electronic music courses requirement for the IMA program? Yes. Yeah. So we're required to take ICE, uh, which I'm taking this year, and we're also required to take the electronic music courses. So kind of me wanting to be an IMA has really shaped who I am as a musician, which is really interesting. And I'm really glad that the program exists because uh, it's just really kind of guiding me where I want to go. And it's also giving me a lot of space to grow. So that's really cool. Yeah. I think you're our first um, guest that's in the IMA program. Um, do you want to like well, it's called Integrated Musical Arts, yeah. but could you maybe just like very briefly just like explain like the different like capstones and the like different streams and stuff within it? Yeah, so there's a lot of different streams you can do music for like visual media, you can do improvisation, I'm doing uh, live concert production, so putting on a show, uh, and then I'm doing recorded production as well, which kind of incorporates that whole electronic music thing. And then I'm also doing songwriting, which is obviously I've been doing that, but that one I'm I'm excited to see what I'm going to learn there because I've been doing it for such a long time. I'm kind of stuck in like this workflow. So I'm interested to see what else there is. But yeah, there's a lot of opportunity to choose what's catered towards you. And it's very much self-directed. So you choose your courses, you meet with uh, the person that's in charge of your course, and then you just kind of go from there. So it's really, really cool. That's super cool. Like everyone that's in IMA is like focusing on a different thing, you know, which is really cool. And even though they're in the same program, everyone's so unique and has like a different focus so it's, I like learning about all the different things that people are doing yeah it kind of makes me wish that I went into IMA oh my gosh <laughs> yeah it was big it was a big jump from community music but um, I'm glad to be in it I think it's definitely my style because I'm more of like a self-directed learner too so just that learning style and just the way that I can choose exactly what I want to take and what's going to help me complete my capstones is like amazing very happy about that it's really cool um so uh, we want to know what projects are you working on right now? So before we started recording, we talked about you have an EP coming out, but also you have these different um, capstones that you're working on as well. So there's a, maybe there's multiple projects. I don't know. You want to tell yeah. us about that? Yeah. So I'm working on, well, my EP is done. It's being released. So that was actually like a year in the making. It's funny in music, you're always like 10 steps ahead. 
They're always creating the next thing before anyone even hears the first thing. So for me, the EP is already old news. I'm like, I'm bored. I'm done with that. I'm already on to the new thing. Um, so I'm working on uh, a few new songs for 2021 that are going to be released on streaming platforms. But then I'm also working on stuff for school. Uh, so I'm working with Colin on creating kind of like making my songwriting into something more that people who might not be into more pop music will enjoy. So really playing around with like different structures, different chords, making it more sonically interesting rather than just kind of the typical pop structures you hear on the radio. So I'm working on that. And then I'm going to be doing my songwriting capstone at the end of second term. So I'm already thinking about that. So there's a lot of things on the go. <laughs> um, what's, I guess, the process that you use or your writing process when you approach like a new project? Honestly, it's it's funny. I kind of do everything at once, which I know a lot of people either like doing lyrics first or they figure out their chords. I just kind of sit down at the piano and I'm like, this chord, okay, let's go. And then I just kind of start singing along with it and switch chords to whatever I think will sound good in the moment. I obviously go back and edit. Um, but yeah, I just kind of do a rough thing. I always have the voice memo up on my phone recording the whole time <laughs> just to make sure that uh, if I do anything really cool, I can go back, reference it and um, write it down or incorporate it into the final product. There's a lot of that happening on my EP, actually. A lot of the old voice memos I have, because some of the songs are from like 2018, uh, I ended up bringing back just for maybe some ad-lib parts or for harmonies, and then I changed the melody to match my voice now, because obviously it's changed. Uh, so it's just kind of, it's almost improvisational now, I'd say. It's changed from before, before it used to be all these chords first in the music. Um, but yeah, I just kind of do everything at once, and whatever feels the most natural, because I'm really big on like authentic music. That's very, yeah, I think that's, um, I do that a lot too, where it's like more of like an intuitive kind of a process instead of a structured process where like you always go in looking for one thing, but yeah. Do you have any favorite songwriters, composers, improvisers, anyone that creates music? Is there anyone that you like are like always looking at and kind of inspired by? Yeah, I'd say the top one is definitely Regina Spector. She's been my OG since I was like seven. I remember discovering her and just being totally obsessed with just the different kind of storytelling she does in her songs. It's not the typical kind of thematic content that you find in pop music or contemporary music. It's very abstract and she uses a lot of metaphors, which I found for myself, especially going into more personal writing, it's kind of vulnerable. You're out there in the open. So I like to go with the metaphors, make it kind of more symbolic versus going into exactly what happened because I just find it, I'm still working on it. There's a few personal songs coming out next year, but um, definitely it was a good stepping stone for me to get into it. And um, I really like just her lyrics and her melodies. They're just so unique. And I don't think there's anyone like her out there right now or ever. I, I'm obviously biased. I love her. Um, and I really love her use of the piano because obviously I grew up playing the piano. It's my go-to instrument and a lot of her songs have that in there. So I really appreciate that. I remember the first time I heard her music was probably like the Orange is the New Black like theme song or something. And I was like, who is this person? <laughs> like I had to look it up and was like, yeah, she's really, really cool. Yeah, she's really good. Yeah, I think her songwriting is like incredible the way yeah that she tells stories and I think that's something that's like really difficult to like get into is like figuring out how you want to tell your story so I think anybody who can do that is very like I'm very impressed by them so you as well <laughs> yeah and I, her live shows too like she's just um, like amazing to watch she's like just at her piano but you're not you're so drawn to her you can't even look away because she's just capturing the audience and her stage presence even though usually, you know, if it's just a piano and a player, you get distracted by like the little kid sitting two rows in front of you or something. But with her, you're just staring the whole time because it's just the talent is incredible. 
So, mm-hmm. yeah, I love her. Um, do you find that, um, like, how do you think she's influenced your writing style, I guess? Yeah, no, I think she I, she definitely has. There's a few songs that I wrote um, a few years ago where I was, like, very much in the Regina Spector phase of my songwriting. And a lot of the concepts I deal with are dark but presented in a playful way. Uh, I went through this phase where death was really fascinating to me. So I have about, like, I think 100 songs just about that, just about dying and death and playing around with the different ways that you can make it both dark or angry or sad or happy even, um, because she does a really good job of that. You, She has songs and you're listening to them. You're like, what is this really about? She's like talking about a playground, but it's actually a metaphor for something else. Um, so I have a lot of songs that were definitely inspired by those themes. And even in the melodies, she goes, uh, she switches her voices a lot. Like she goes low, then high, and she like goes to her uh, head voice and stuff like that. So I really, really like that technique. And I did that a lot for a few years. Um, now I'd say it's a bit more subtle. I definitely use her storytelling techniques. I have a storyteller tendency in my music, um, but it's a little bit more subtle. I still listen to her all the time, but I, I'm obviously now using her influences, but kind of doing it my own way. Yeah, the flip between voices is like really interesting in the way that she does that. Like she's not afraid of the break, I guess, Mm -hmm. which is something that's generally very scary. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So we've talked a little bit about how, you know, like in music, you're always 10 steps ahead. Um, Obviously, we're all in school right now. So um, we're wondering a little bit like what are your short term and also long term career goals? So stuff that while you're still in school or like maybe late when you end school, and the stuff like far in the future, way after Laurier. Yeah, um, so short-term goals, I definitely would say expanding my audience in terms of who's listening. I have a few listeners in Switzerland, which is really, really cool. That's like a random country that just appeared. I'm like, awesome. So that's something I'd like to develop for sure and just kind of get into who's listening to my music and how many more people I can reach with my style. Uh, Definitely expanding that way. My EP is obviously coming out and I have a lot of new singles coming out next year. Um, I'm still working on getting really involved with my local community here in Mississauga. They're awesome. We have like a crazy diverse artistic community here and I'm so lucky. Um, And then long term, I'd really just like to keep writing. Obviously, I do a lot of performance stuff, but my heart really lies in songwriting. I always introduce myself as a songwriter. That's usually if if someone gives me one word, it's that (laughs) because I feel like that's where I feel the most comfortable. And if there's one thing I could do for the rest of my life, paid or not, I will definitely not stop writing. So it would be great in the long term to be able to make that into a career. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. You know what? Mississauga is so cool. I've played a few shows with like Mississauga bands and they're always talking about like the Mississauga Music Awards and like the rock the coliseum or whatever it's called the rock whatever yeah it's this one like festival and some outdoor thing but it's like it's a really cool community of people yeah it's awesome so lucky to be here that's for sure it's also really cool to have like listeners all over the world because like I guess I have a friend who um they I think maybe before they were more popular they um were pretty well known in Germany and so I know that they tour Germany like more frequently now because they have like a pretty big following in Germany but like that would be interesting to see if that like goes anywhere yeah it's streaming is incredible honestly the the industry changes all the time but I think streaming is definitely a very unique part of it because you can have people listening to you in places you've never ever visited versus the cd kind of performance world you're kind of limited to where you can travel to so I'm I'm a big fan of streaming in that sense wish the um, support for musicians was a little larger in general, obviously, like all arts, but um, streaming is definitely cool in the way that it's so globalized and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the algorithms and stuff will reach, like, 
an audience that you never maybe never have heard of you but like because they listen to similar artists or something like that like you're on their radar yeah for sure so cool yeah so um um would you like to present any of your own music maybe we can talk about certain tracks around the ep and then put in little clips here and there yeah for sure um so yeah the, the ep starts off with this song called deceived um arguably the most difficult song to put together on this whole ep it has gone through so many different forms and now we're here now it's this kind of more groovy kind of song but it started off very alternative rock with some country banjo in there very abstract kind of song but i i really really liked it uh but it just was feeling like because it's very deep lyrically and it's kind of dark um we wanted to kind of juxtapose that with the track so we wanted to make the track a bit more like vibey so you're sad but you're vibing to it that's kind of the mood we're going for um, i like that yeah <laughs> that's so, my general vibe <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty good. That that song probably took like over 20 hours to create in the studio. That was after the track was already put together. So that was wow. just kind of playing around in the studio, adding some drum samples, stuff like that. Um, this uh, guy I work with, Trevor James Anderson, he was very instrumental in getting the drums exactly right because um, it's kind of like an upbeat pop song. So getting the drums to still be current with that like alt rock sound that we had before was a bit of a challenge i think we did pretty good i i like it i enjoy it it's probably my favorite one on the whole ep it's very close to my heart so i'm really excited about that one when you say it took on like a bunch of different forms is that like in the arrangement or like the song structure itself the lyrics like what were the changes that kind of uh were made yeah so the lyrics stayed the same from when i wrote it back in 2017 i think um it stayed basically the same. The chords stayed the same as well. It was more the instrumentation and the arrangement as well as the tempo. It's pretty hard with the songs I write because I tend to write things very, very slowly and very raw, like just grand piano, me, like 60 beats per minute. It's brutally slow because I like playing around with what I'm doing vocally. Um, so then finding a tempo that's kind of listenable for a single or kind of more current is a challenge for me because I'm also very stuck in my ways and I like the, the way it sounded the first time. <laughs> um, so yeah, we played around with just kind of taking some things out, making it a little bit more bare, adding some vocoder. I love vocoders. That's like my new obsession. Um, so we added that in there. Uh, there's a lot of really cool harmony things that I did with my sister, Juliana. And uh, yeah, it turned into kind of this poppy, dark, moody song that is what you hear today. Yeah, um, and then another song um, is the one of the last ones on the EP, and it's called Laundry Day. 
And this one, I think, is the most me in personality. Like, <laughs> if you know me, you know that, like, that song is me. But it's nothing like I ever write. Like, it's a, it's an upbeat, country, intense, screamy background vocals kind of boppy song that, like, I would never have usually put together. But I was like, you know what? It's called Aura. It's different sides of me. So I'm going to show that for sure. And it's honestly, it starts off with... Um, this uh, kind of phone call voice, which is my sister in the studio. And it's like the most her line she'd ever say. It's kind of like me and her talking back and forth. So we sampled that at the beginning. It's hilarious. I love it. Um, and it's honestly like, it's the most different on the EP. I'm excited to see what the feedback's going to be on that one. But it's definitely one I listen to when I'm like in the shower and I'm like just jamming out, you know, like washing my hair. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited about that one, especially because it's like so different in style than the rest of it. Yeah. That's very cool. When you started listing off all the different like adjectives, I was like, "Oh, where is this going?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll you'll see. It. I I don't even know where it's going. You'll you'll hear. It, you'll be like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, it's the most most me, but not outwardly me. Like it's not the me mm. I usually project. It's the me I am like inside. If that makes sense. <laughs> it does make I sense. Like that, yeah. So call the neighbors, tell your friends. It's cool that the the juxtaposition between the the top of the EP and the like the end of it, you know, that's really yeah, cool. For sure, it's the whole EP is just combined with like so many different genres, just a kind of reflection of me, I guess. I wanted my first one to really encompass everything I'm doing. Uh, I have a big influence in blues as well, and I I really like putting that in there. It's a more of like one of the subtle nuances in there, but um, yeah, I'm very excited for uh, everyone to see the different kind of genres that I experiment on this as I kind of find my niche, if that makes sense. Yeah. How many tracks is it total? Uh, it's five. Five? five? Yeah. And what's so the title of it? It's called Aura. I think, yeah, two of the songs have already been released, and then three of them are completely new. So that's exciting. Yeah, that is. Wow. <laughs> um, did you want to talk about anything that you're working on for school? I know that we were talking about the EP, but it might be nice to talk about something like that. Yeah, for sure. So... Um, Right now in composition with Colin, uh, I'm working on another song that I wrote, but I'm using a lot of samples and kind of creating my own drum tracks and my own uh, instruments out of them. And then I'm also sampling things in everyday life. So I like sampled like some water bottle sounds and I'm putting that together to make this electronic music piece. And then there's going to be like a break in the middle. It's going to be very haunting. A lot of different chords happening through there. Very kind of like whirly. I'm very much in the Halloween vibes right now. You might be able to tell. <laughs> so that's a heavy influence. The beginning sounds like a haunted house. And then it transitions into this uh, song that's kind of very big vocal range on it. But uh, it's really interesting. I'm excited because Colin has a lot of really good ideas to kind of take what I'm usually comfortable with making and then kind of like pushing me to take the extra steps and experiment using my knowledge now that I have an improvisation and electronic music to make something that's kind of, you know, reflecting what I'm learning. So. Very cool. All I have in my head is thriller now with like the creaky <laughs> door and 
<laughs> now that you've mentioned Halloween. Oh, I had a question. Do you do your own production or I'm assuming you go and you have a producer or what's the deal with that? Yeah, um, my sister produced all, like basically every track on my EP because she's a composer. So I was like, hey, girl, <laughs> called her oh, up. Cool. Like, what I, do? <laughs> um, I definitely guide the production. Like I'm like, I want this. I want this happening here. But I'm just... I'm so busy with a bunch of different projects. I don't really have the time to do it myself. If I were to mm-hmm. give myself a timeline, I don't think I'd be able to do it. Um, but all the songs next year are going to be produced by uh, Trevor James Anderson, who's a Grammy-nominated, Juno-winning guy. And he's wow. also a good friend of mine now. So Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, I was just curious because in what well, either music and new tech or electroacoustic, I think it was your final for one of them where you produced a whole thing. That was very cool. Thank you. Yeah. That one, that one I did produce. Yeah. That was, I I like doing it. I just, I just don't have uh, the time, unfortunately, especially the work in school. I'm like, Mm -hmm. so so we've actually like reached the end and we have one last question, but before we kind of cap it off, is there anything else that uh, you want to talk about or anything? I just want to say thanks to you guys for having me because that's super nice for you guys thinking of me. Um, And also just like shout out to Laurier Music Faculty because like they're the absolute coolest and we have the coolest profs and support system. So props to them. Yeah. Do you have any advice uh, for prospective music creators or prospective Laurier Music students? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I would say is to write whenever you can about anything. Like it's okay if it's not your best work. It doesn't have to be revolutionary or anything. Just keep writing and listen back to it and see that some of the things that you might have thought were a little bit too simple or too crazy might actually be your best work. And uh, always check in with uh, your professors and stuff if you need some good feedback because they're super talented and they can give you a lot of good guidance. Perfect. Yeah. I couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, I think I that's don't. some advice I needed. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like middle of fourth year, like, oh yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should do that. <laughs> Anyways, well, thank you so much, Danny, for being on the AMC podcast. This is the first one of the uh, remote 2020 <laughs> season, I guess. Um, but thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. And we're really excited to listen to your EP when it comes out. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun.